Welcome back to the Reawakening Podcast. I'm Brian Ingraham. So it was June 25th. I'm in Oslo, Norway at this thing called The Send, and it's this worship and teaching time. Just It's a big Jesus time for Europe, and uh, I think it's put on by YWAM, or at least people connected with Youth with a Mission. I was there on that Saturday, and, and God spoke to me several times about some different things, but one of the things he said on that day to me was, Brian... I want you to start leading with grandpa-like peace and patience. And that was a new thought to me. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, start leading with grandpa-like peace and patience. And for the last several months, I've been chewing on this idea of what is it to lead like a grandpa? Like, what is it? And and I've kind of been trying out some things and and, and thinking about this. But I want to talk not just about leading like a grandpa, but even just like thinking like a grandpa when it comes to life and, and how we interpret and how we navigate the life that we're in. So what comes to your mind when I say the phrase like think like a grandpa or lead like a grandpa or interact with people like a grandpa or, or grandma? Now, I'm not thinking about my specific grandparents at first. I'm thinking very stereotypical. I have two very different grandpas and two very different grandmothers. And to, to just say, oh, there's just one grandpa type, I know that in my own experience, very much not the case at all. My grandmothers are very different. My grandfather, my great-grandparents very different. I had the joy of knowing some of my great-grandmas. Just as a side note, my great-grandmother was the, was the person, like, she actually did this when... When she was younger, she didn't know Jesus. Uh, she was married to my great-grandfather. She wanted a new sofa. Uh, grandpa said no, or my great-grandfather said no. And so the legend goes, she drug that sofa outside that she had. She lit it on fire, burned it up, got a new sofa. I mean, that's that was pre-Jesus, but uh, that's not what you'd say. Oh, yeah, live like a grandma or think like a grandma. That's probably not what's in your in your life in your mind but what comes to your mind when we start if i'd say like think like a grandpa about life or or lead like a grandmother about life like what what is it comes to your mind for me the very first thing that that hit me and and that i started pondering starting that day in in june was that grandparents have a big picture perspective that the way that that they respond to their their realities and and really maybe my realities is just with a just a bigger picture perspective a they're they're more calm in crisis now i'm not saying your grandpa is calm in crisis i'm not saying that my grandpa ingraham had anything any no one would ever accuse him of being calm at any particular point but stereotypically, and, and when I think that when God's talking to me about think like a grandpa, lead like a grandpa, I feel like part of that is lead and live with a bigger picture perspective. What, what would happen, Brian, if you zoom out further in, in every moment? See, grandparents, they have lived through so many challenging moments in life. They've lived through the teenage years. And they've lived through, like, just job challenges. and disappointment. They've lived through relationship disappointments. They've lived through grief of, of friendship loss and, and, and people that they know and love and parents dying. And they've lived through so many challenging seasons of life. And, and they've gotten through them. They've gotten through them, maybe not unwounded, maybe not without scars, but 
but their perspective of things it shapes their reaction to the current moments. Now, I know I am not a grandpa yet. I'm way too young for that. Not really, but I'm getting, I, I am too young for that. And, and yet I have learned over time a little bit by experiencing and navigating and go all, going all the way through difficult seasons. One of the hardest seasons of my life was in 2006. I was leading Rehope Church. It was in its early days. We had finally made some progress as a church. But then we lost our location and we had to move out and we didn't just lose our location. We lost an ideal time slot and we ended up being in a back room of a church a little bit of ways away. We lost half the people and it was just one of those times where it felt like everything was falling apart. Everything that I'd been working for for years, sacrificing for for years, it seemed like it was falling apart. And as as October went by that year and November went by, I couldn't get unstuck. And I couldn't think of any way to get unstuck. Now, at that time of my life, it was so challenging and disturbing and frustrating. I was crushed by it. I think it I I think it was probably the second lowest season of my life, one of the maybe the lowest. It was I was so now I don't get depressed, but that was probably the closest uh, that I've ever come to just feeling so hopeless and and just um overwhelmed and and yeah, unable to process it. Now, 2007 comes along and God leads us out and and the church uh, you know, a year and a half later, it goes into a, an amazing season. Now, in the time, in 2006, I am experiencing this really awful disappointment moment where life feels crashing down. But then years later, I can look back at that time and realize, you know what? It was just for a moment. It was just for a season and things, it was a, it was a bad time, but things turned out okay. And actually, things are better now than they were back then uh, by a long ways. Grandparents have this ability, because they have been uh, living through so many uh, ups and downs of life, to just be more calm in crisis, have a bigger perspective in crisis, be able to zoom out in crisis. And so as I've thought about, first of all, this, this call to think like a grandpa or to lead like a grandpa, for me, the first thing that came to mind is, okay, Brian, be calm under crisis. Think bigger picture. Today's crisis is just that. It's today's crisis. It's not forever's crisis. And then as I'm working with people in in my life and and, um, whether it's staff or just people in the church, help respond to them like you're their grandpa, like you're a grandpa teaching them, hey, today's crisis, as difficult as it seems, as as permanent as it seems, is just today's crisis. And to help people zoom back and to approach their situation with the calm perspective of time. I hope that makes sense. But this idea of, of living like a grandpa, thinking like a grandpa, for me has been really helpful. Keep zooming back over each challenging moment. And, and I've had several since June, overwhelming moments, challenging moments. But Brian, think like a grandpa and, and, let, and let there be the calm. Let there be the calm that today's crisis we will get through. Okay, so with, with thinking like a grandpa, that, that was the first thing that came to mind. The second thing that came to mind, I'm still trying to figure out how to articulate honestly because I don't want it to come across belittling. But it has to do with being patient with people, uh, being patient with people. And 
you know, grandparents, they can they can look at this grandchild of theirs and see the mistakes that they're making and and just be like, oh, they're there. Now, when I'm when I'm applying this as a pastor or as a person, as a human being, I don't want to be belittling people like, oh, they're just children, you know, or something, something like that, looking down at, at them. I suppose I've taken my cue when it comes to how to how to be patient with people like a grandpa from Pete Carroll. Now, you don't have to know who Pete Carroll is. Uh, Pete Carroll is the coach of the Seattle Seahawks, which is a sports team, an NFL team based in Seattle. And Pete Carroll, he's 71 years old. And I think he is uh, such a fantastic leader and and, and person. Uh, and so as a coach of a professional football team, the, his scenarios, okay, he just turned 71, I think a couple weeks ago. He's 71 years old, and he's surrounded by these young, hotshot, hot-headed, let's say 22, 24, 27-year-old um, athletes who are world-class, alpha male, full of themselves, like just at the high point of life physically and and pretty much superior physical specimens than most any human being on the planet. So he's 71 years old and he's surrounded by these guys and he's leading them and coaching them. Now, I remember like watching him lead some of these superstars of his that that lead leading their team to great success, but then these superstars would turn on him and would publicly just mock him and 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 mock his leadership and mock how how disconnected he is and and how clueless he is and i just could not believe like just the 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 mocking of this guy this their coach Pete Carroll and who had been leading them to great success and i remember how Pete Carroll kept responding to, to these superstar athletes. And he, and he would just be like, ah, oh, man, it's sad that this is the path that they're taking. And again, it's, it's, when I say it, it could be interpreted as belittling, but it really wasn't. It was grandfatherly. It, was, it wasn't belittling. It was, oh, it's, this, this is a missed opportunity to, to, to understand um, differences of opinion. This is a missed opportunity. I'm sad that they're responding this way, this this arrogant way. I'm sad that they're responding this. Now, I, again, as I'm saying it, it sounds belittling. I don't know how to communicate this yet. I haven't yet figured out how to communicate this, but I know that there's something there. This idea of thinking like a grandpa, it, it should bring about patience with people. And maybe I don't, I don't say oh, this person is being like a child, and maybe I don't exude this person, maybe immature in this moment, but, but being able to think bigger, being able to think bigger about a person's scenario, knowing that they have a story, they have a journey, that, that, that what I'm experiencing now could, could be connected to me, it could not be connected to me. Hopefully over time, they will shift and grow and mature and change. I'm really frustrated that even hearing the way that I'm talking about this. I, I'm struggling to communicate as I want to just the, the grandparent. You're just going to have to imagine it. A grandparent-like patient, patience with, with people who are responding poorly and, and wrongly about topics or uh, uh, towards you or, or whatever. But yeah, when it comes to people, when it comes to crisis, thinking like uh, like a grandpa, I, I think that's that's really significant. That's important. So those are my first two thoughts. 
But now I've been starting to think more deeply about this call. Brian, lead like a grandpa. Think like a grandpa. And again, I hope you're thinking about this for yourself as well. I've been reflecting about my my grandparents and maybe more so my grandpa Irwin, who had a bigger impact on my life than my grandpa Ingraham. But one of the things that I, I'm picking up from my grandpa Irwin specifically is he exuded and taught me that uh, to know what really, really matters. When you, when you think about grandparents, you, you're like, okay, my grandparents were, I, I saw them at the end of their careers, but mostly I knew them post their careers. And when, when their jobs and their, their professional life weren't consuming them, and they were kind of past all that. And they were able to kind of settle in in those, those last years to, to what really, really matters. And my grandpa Irwin knew, and, and I, could, I can see this now, that what really, really matters is relationship and connection way more than success. Relationship and connection are, are so much more important. And, and I, can, I can remember like uh, so many different stories that, that where he would show this and where I was learning this. Uh, he, had a, he had a big back garden. I mean, not huge, but a big back garden and uh, a big back deck. And um, I remember he also had some BB guns. And so uh, Grandpa Erwin would go over, we... He, he had us, you know, like he wanted to, you know, teach us how to shoot and shoot a BB gun. And, and back way out in the back of his garden, he had a, I'm going to say porcelain, but it was, I think it was plastic, a plastic squirrel out there, a plastic squirrel out there. And that was our target. And I mean, I, I just, that, that plastic squirrel was there and all, all of my memory, just way back in the garden. And we would, you know, lean up on the, against the deck and we would, we would shoot at this, at this squirrel and, and we would hurt, the, we would damage the squirrel. Like we got, we put a few holes in it over the time and definitely chipped the paint. Over the years, the squirrel was, was uh, wounded, I guess. It just wasn't as nice. And, you know, my grand, for my grandpa, like it wasn't stuff that was important. It was connection. And the joy he had about like teaching us to, to, to shoot and, and just having that relationship moment. It wasn't like having that a nice squirrel out in his garden. That, that wasn't as important as, as, this, as this connection time. Um, I, I remember we would go camping all the time. We would go on, on these camping trips and just learning like the power of time away, the power of play together, just time together relationship time together. It's it just so powerful. I remember him bringing out the baseball bat and a baseball glove. And, you know, it wasn't about competition. It wasn't about winning. I know that I, Brian Ingraham, am saying that. Um, but it, it wasn't about, it was about connection. It was about relationship and connection. Let's throw the ball. Brian, I'm not trying to compete against you. I want to have fun. I want to spend time with you. It's, it's, it, it wasn't about competition. It was about connection, relationship and connection. He had this old shed out in the back. I didn't go into it very often, but it was his ancient old wood shop. And I remember as a kid, one time we went out there and, and we built a birdhouse. Now, when I say we built this birdhouse, he, he knew how to make it. And, and yet, and so he had all this old wood out there and he'd pull out an old piece of wood. And, and I got to cut the wood with power saws. 
And, you know, as a kid, I'm like, nobody ever entrusts me with a power. I've never used a power saw in my life. I mean, I could cut my finger off. I could, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a kid. I am literally a kid. I'm, I'm a kid. And, and yet I'm, I'm squeezing the trigger of this saw. I am running the saw, uh, reciprocating saw along the, the, the line, the drawn out line on this, on this board. And I am cut. I mean, I don't have a lot of memories, but I have such powerful memories of, of this moment of, of actually being entrusted to, to cut. And maybe there's a little bit of danger there. He's watching over, but he's not, he's not like guiding my hand. He's drawn a line and he's letting me do it, whether I mess it up or I don't mess it up. Because it wasn't about perfection in this moment. It was about connection. It was about relationship. It was about this time together, building a birdhouse, even if it turned out to be awful. And I remember cutting it all out. I remember I got to use the hammer and I got to try and hammer these things together. And I went through a lot of bent nails and, and it was really imperfect. And, and I, paint, I got to choose the paint color. I chose this awful green color. It was, it was awful, awful green color. I guess green isn't green's okay is is what it is, but I chose the worst color of green possible. Didn't matter to my grandfather. Uh, maybe it mattered mattered to my mother when I brought it home. But ultimately, I painted this this birdhouse. And and again, it what what really mattered wasn't the birdhouse. It wasn't it wasn't the project. It was about relationship and connection. And, you know, and other random things like a breakfast. I remember staying the night at Grandpa's house and being there in the morning and. My grandpa always had the same breakfast. He had some Wheaties and toast, Wheaties uh, cereal and, and, and toast. And, and I mean, I loved going, having breakfast at grandma because my grandma made a homemade strawberry jelly. Like it was legendary, this homemade strawberry jam, I guess, jam. And freezer jam and, and she, she would make it. And every time we were over there for holidays, you'd get this jam on, on the rolls that she would make. Or, you know, when I'm over there for, for mornings, I could have it on my toast. And so we toasted the toast. And I remember sitting there at the table, you know, maybe memories, it's the smells, right? It's the, the there's, there's certain memories just so uh, clear in my head. And I just remember the the toast is buttered, the jam is buttered, and I'm sitting there on one side of the table. My grandfather is sitting right across from me, and I see there's a problem here. And I'm like, Grandpa, why why don't you have jam on your toast? You're I, I, as a kid, I'm like, this is the most ridiculous thing ever. You're, you're you just have butter on your toast. It just seems like the weirdest thing. I don't even have a box for this. But then Grandpa turned to me and he said something that has stuck with me every day of my life. He said, Brian, why would I ruin a perfectly good piece of toast? Meaning, why would I put jam on the toast and, and ruin it? Like, it, it was such, I, I had, my perspective of what made a good piece of toast included Grandma's strawberry jam. Like that, that, that's what made a good piece of toast for me. But he, but, but he, when he said, why would I ruin a perfectly good piece of toast? I, I literally had no words. I, I was stunned as a kid, um, just like trying to process this bit of information. But my grandpa taught me that 
that different perspectives, like even very, even perspectives that I don't even have a box for, this is not a stretch. It may feel like a stretch as I'm talking, but it's not a stretch. Different perspectives can be great. They can sit at the same table. They can enjoy things very differently and, 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 and just be in perfect unity. As a kid, I was just like, everybody would, must think that toast and jam is the greatest thing ever. But here's my grandpa thinking that no way, that butter, no jam is the best. Is that pithy and silly? I, I think I think not. Because when, when we're thinking like a grandpa, one of the things that grandpas understand is that relationship and connection matters. And also that they have crucial, huge life lessons from their perspective that they can pass on to the next generation in simple ways, in easy ways, things that they can pass on. And so for me, to think like a grandpa or lead like a grandpa is to is to change a mind change my mindset that I can help people around me think bigger, have a bigger perspective when it comes to crisis, but also when it comes to everyday things that that we can live together and work together and thrive together in a church with very, very different feelings. Right now I'm doing a series. I don't need, need to talk about that right now. I took a, a, a survey with the church about like, hey, what are people's views on this? And wow, honestly, my view is one of the minority views in the church on this particular topic that I'm going to be teaching on. And there was a wide variety of topic, a wide variety of perspectives in my church. And yet that's okay with me because my grandpa taught me that we can have very, very different perspectives and still be a family, this church. We can have, we can have, we can be in total different places of opinions about things and still sit at the table together, still love each other, still have a great connection and relationship that I don't have to like what he likes. He doesn't have to like what I don't. We, we, we don't have to have the same thoughts about things because what really, really matters is, is so much about relationship and connection. I think a big shift happens as we grow up and, you know, just being really basic and not really thinking about psychology or anything like that but just very basically when I think of kids you know I think of this impulsive reactionary very short-sighted uh, this people reacting with zero context just just so in the moment and um, just complete upheaval like whatever today's crisis it's the biggest thing ever and their life is either over or made or whatever just very very um, reactionary and short-sighted. When I think of parents, and again, I'm not thinking of anything psychological here, but like I think of parents as people who are overwhelmed. They're very consumed with their challenges, their their careers, um, their battle-weary, the relationships have been, you know, they've picked up some scars and some, some hard times, and, and yet they're still right in the midst of it all. And, and so uh, having a hard time seeing the whole big picture, they've learned a bit, but it, they're still overwhelmed uh, by, by all that's going on. And again, it consumed by their, their careers and, and all that, that's on their plates. I think if grandparents is past that, and, and they're, as people outside of their career in, in general, post-career, who are able to kind of not be so battle-consumed, they're no longer thinking about their own careers and their own achievements, 
And, and so they're, they're in now a place where they can be thinking it's not about them or what they're doing, but, but thinking big picture. Now, how am I going to set up the next wave of people, the next generation people uh, for, for their future? How am I going to help them see bigger? How am I going to help them see this, that they're a part of a bigger story, that life just isn't about them, but that, that things have been going on before their lives that they're a part of, that impact them, that have led them up to who they are, that they're a part of a bigger story and in order to set them up well? I remember my grandfather taking me to the sawmill. Now, my grandpa worked in the sawmill, Champion Sawmill in the Seattle area, uh, most all of his life after he got out of the Coast Guard. And he married my grandmother. My grandmother was a nurse at Stevens Hospital. My grandfather was um, worked at a sawmill. Uh, my grandmother was uh, edu- educated, college education. My grandfather had an eighth grade graduation only, only through eighth grade. I always was jealous of that when I was in high school thinking, oh man, I, my grandpa wasn't in high school. What, what a lucky guy. Anyways, so again, that's my short-sighted perspective. Anyways, my, my grandfather, uh, he, he, he took me one day to his sawmill and man, it was, it was quite striking. I remember, you know, this big, loud uh, place and, and these gargantuan saw blades that are, that are there um, slicing wood. And I, and I would see, he was a foreman uh, and, and I would see like where the foreman would stand and where the, the workers would stand. And it just, it was so dangerous. Like, there's no safety shields. There's no safety shields at these sawmills. There's there, like it is a dangerous place. People lose appendages and die in this in this sawmill. Um, I, I remember just I, yeah the the big saws just slicing through it. Oh wow! I, it's such a strong memory. I remember going out and you could see the where the train cars would pull up and and the unloading of these these train cars. Also this uh, looking at the water and how they would float. Um, the, the logs down the water up against the building, up against the building there, and how the, the, the people from the sawmill, they, they would like walk out on these logs that were kind of bundled together, but not like totally secure. And, you know, people could die or fall in the water, fall underneath these logs and drown. My grandpa couldn't swim. Yes, he was in the Coast Guard and he couldn't swim. My grandpa could, would walk on logs that he could fall into the water. They could roll roll on him and he could fall into the water and he would he couldn't swim. He didn't know how to swim. And yet, you know, just seeing this the danger that was a part of his life, but also just like that, you know, he he was going to he was going to work hard and he was going to provide and I guess with my grandpa, I, I learned that danger isn't the most important thing. The avoidance of danger isn't the most important thing. That, that you know, we, we want to be smart and we want to do our best. And, and my life is nothing like, like, like his in, in that regard at all. But, you know, it was his job. It's what, it's how he, it's what he could do. It's, it, it was, it was what, what he, he knew how to do and it, it had danger, but the avoidance of danger isn't the most important thing. Now, that was important for me to hear growing up because by the time I'm a kid and I'm growing up, um, my parents' generation were consumed with teaching their kids safety, 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 uh, like a safety, like safety as like the most important thing. But but there are things that were a little bit more important with that. And that that did carry over to me a little bit as I thought about being a missionary and, and moving overseas and, and all of that. 
The other thing, you know, like understanding the bigger story is my grandpa used to sing songs, silly songs, songs that I have never heard anybody sing before, but songs from his childhood, like, like, uh, like old I, I wanna I would I would sing them if I if I had the courage to do this, but songs about uh I'm a truthful fellow, they call me true blue bill. I've never told a falsehood and I guess I never will. But then this song about telling this tall tale about true blue bill and uh how he got away from being eaten by cannibals and uh <laughs> just ludicrous songs that are just part of his 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 story or about how mares eat oats and does eat oats but, and little lambs eat ivy, a kiddly divey too. And I don't even know, I didn't even know we were talking technical terms about farm animals back then. Um, I had a dog named Ivy. I was like, maybe that's what he's talking about. No, I, I, it, it was so out of my, my life and my zone and my culture. And yet grandpas can bring that, that bigger picture perspective. But also, as, as all these kind of stories keep pointing to, you know, when I, my interaction with my grandpa was never about his achievements or, 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 his, or his success. It was, about, it was about relationship. It was about connection. It was about giving me bigger picture perspective of navigating my life crises, um, his patience with me. And yes, I needed patience. Um, the... Yeah, just helping me learn a little bit more of my my story and, and the story of, of our family and what I'm a part of. The other thing, though, that grandparents are good at is is helping their, their, their next generations, their kids and their grandkids, have a better start than maybe they had, have a greater start. My grandpa, Ingraham, who I, I haven't talked much about, uh, he, he did not excel at relationship and connection. He never got past his own uh, achievements. He never, you know, like that was not my experience with him. However, uh, he blessed me with by teaching me about the multi-generational blessing of of hard work and how his hard work uh, has impacted my life. Actually, uh, if you have ever been to Rehope, you've been impacted by his hard work because uh, his legacy, his financial legacy, is a big part of uh, allowing me to be here and and a big part of allowing us to do things at the church that uh, we just couldn't do based on money here in the UK. And, that, and so my grandpa, uh, he, whatever his shortcomings were, he he was able to pass on uh, his own legacy, again, the blessing of hard work. Now, I know you're thinking, wow, Brian, that was a trip down memory lane. Thank you for that. Um, but now, why, bring, how, does this, how does this matter to us? Well, I'm chewing on this stuff. And the, when I think, when Jesus says to me, think like a grandpa, or Brian, lead like a grandpa, he's challenging me to get to stop being so consumed with my own achievements, with my own work and job and 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 career and 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 all that sort of stuff and make sure Brian you keep big perspective over the crises that that are inevitably to come the challenges that are going to come and Brian that you keep remembering being patient with people and naturally guys patience with people is not my strongest suit but it's something that I'm I'm just cherishing as I reflect on my grandpa Irwin about like 
like how how to, to how not just to value people and not just to value connection with people, but very specific things like that that help time together, not consumed about our stuff, not worried about competition, um, the power of play, you know, letting people letting people um, do things that. Uh, you know, teaching people to do things that they just haven't ever had the chance to learn before with, with patience and, and um, letting them not be awesome at it. And, and uh, you know, being patient with different perspectives, you know, to me, this is a big thought and I, I'm not sure if I've landed there, but when, when it came to this podcast today, I, I, I feel like, man, I want to, I want to propose this to you. What does it look like for for you in your life? What what is the challenge for you? Are there are has has work and life and your success become too dominant in in your life? And do we do we need to go back to some relational connections? Um, how is it that you can help other people um, navigate their own crises without feeling overwhelmed and or or maybe your own? I don't know how this is going to impact with uh, you specifically, but I think that there's something here for all of us. If we're young, if we're young, well, then we can be like, okay, I'm going to think about life with a bigger picture perspective that this crisis is, is not the end. If you're if you're a parent type, okay, I'm not going to be consumed with my work and I'm going to start ahead of time. And that's, that's my story. I'm a parent now, but I'm going to start leaning in ahead of time into thinking like a grandpa, leading like a grandpa with my staff, with my church, with my family, with, with people. I hope you found this helpful. If you're willing, it'd mean a lot to me if you rated and reviewed positively uh, on, on wherever you get your podcasts. Um, this. Also, if, if you found this helpful, other people might as well. And it would be great if you got the word out to, to people and say, hey, there's this podcast about uh, thinking like your grandpa. It's kind of interesting. Maybe maybe this will be helpful for you and your crisis situation or as as just whatever's going on with their life. You can pass this on to them. Uh, I, I want people in our generation to be helped. And I, and I think that this is one of those perspective things that can really help us navigate, especially in an era right now in our world where it feels like constant crisis. Right now in our world, there's a war going on in Ukraine. Right now in the world, gas prices are through the roof. Right now in our world, if inflation is going scary high. Right now in our world, the, the bills are, uh, the, the heating bills and, and it's, it's the food is costing, like it, it's, and you know, it's, it's very easy to, to worry and, and freak out. Guys, this is not going to last forever. We are going to get through it. Let's choose a grandpa-like perspective as, as people who have gone through hard times before. Yes, it's not how we want it to be. Yes, it's not ideal. Yes, it's not looking positive for the next bit of time, but this will pass. This will pass. By the way, I have started a group mentoring process that is started here this month. And uh, every Tuesday, there's something connected to that. You can go to my website, brianingraham.co.uk. It's about my mentoring program, which is an online paid subscription thing. Uh, and basically, the premise is maybe we all know what we ought to be doing, you know, reading our Bibles and praying and journaling and blah, 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 blah. But um, how, much, how much do we actually do that? And I do believe everyone does better with help. And so that mentoring program is, it's, it's like a, a group of people who are wanting to run together 
and you know there's a bit of mentoring going on there but also a lot of the mentoring is just get let's get the right things right in life we know maybe what the right things right are but just everyone does better together with with help so if if you look at your life you're like man i want to take some steps forward i'm feeling stuck um maybe look at that if if that looks helpful for you to um, maybe give it a go. No pressure on my end, but uh, I want to be as helpful as possible because I want everyone to be fast-tracked in their growth and their in their faith in Jesus. If I can help you in any way, uh, that's that's what I'm trying to do. My heart is to see our whole generation reawaken to walk in fresh, close, long-lasting, life-giving connection to the God of the Bible. Some people can fumble through this path alone, but everyone does better with help.